It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello. Welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Rush. Today we are discussing, well, it's that time of the year again. Halloween. Spooky season. The ghouls. The goblins. They're out and about. Um, Very curious what everyone is going to dress up this year as uh, for Halloween. I know this is really feels like one of the most fully functioning Halloweens we've had in about two years, um, maybe two or three years for some of us. Um, But uh, Halloween Kills is the movie we are discussing today. Um, Got to watch it the other night. Um, Wasn't quite sure what to expect. I really enjoyed Halloween 2018, the David Gordon Green directed, Danny McBride written by film, and uh, with Jeff Fraidley and uh, also David Gordon Green on the script as well. So basically it's the same guys coming back. You know, we have the Laurie Strode characters, so obviously we're going to be talking about spoilers for the movie um, of uh, Halloween 2018. But, um, you know, we have all of the quote-unquote original cast that they had brought back for Halloween 2018. And they brought it back for Halloween. Uh, the, one, the people that lived, the characters that have lived, uh, you know, it continues on in uh, Halloween Kills. And I've actually watched Halloween Ends as well. So um, maybe at the, end of this, uh, at the end of this review, I'll do just a slight comparison of the three movies and uh, we'll discuss kind of the overall feeling of the Halloween kills, Halloween, David Gordon Green team franchise, what we really think about it. So um, Halloween kills, Halloween kills is a 2021 American slasher film directed by David Gordon Green, co-directed by Green, Danny McBride and Scott teams. The film is the sequel to the 2018's Halloween um, the 12th installment in the Halloween franchise stars Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, James George, Jude uh, Courtney, who reprised their roles as Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, respectively. Uh, Judy Greer, uh, Andy Matchick, Will Patton also reprised their roles from the previous film with, uh, with Anthony Michael Hall and Thomas Mann joining the cast. The film, which began where the previous film ended, sees Strode and her family continuing to fend off Myers, but this time with the help of the Haddonfield community. You're going to hear that word a lot, this podcast, quote-unquote, community, mostly because of this, this movie, much in the same realm as the Halloween ends, tonally kind of takes a different step uh, as where I would have expected this franchise to go. Halloween 2018 was basically everything I really wanted in in a horror film when it came down to, you know, some interesting, gruesome kills, uh, you know, from 
uh, Michael Myers, but also it gave us characters to root for on the other side of the spectrum. And so I think there was, I want to say it's been a few years, was it five years since 2018? So um, almost five years since 2018. Uh, so technically four, but going on five. The um, What I was saying was the, the movie was well-balanced. It was well-tonally paced. It felt... Like it was kind of intense to watch at some points, like scary to the point where I was like, "Yeah, this is this is you know, gripping onto my seat, kind of like, oh gosh, got to hold on to someone's hand because otherwise, you know, the the boogeyman's gonna get you." But, um, Halloween eight twenty eighteen was the the movie I was looking for. I think that movie actually made my top ten that year. So, coming into this, I had some pretty good. Um, um, you know, baggage going into, you know, good baggage, positive baggage going into Halloween um, kills. I was expecting a certain pace, a certain uh, amount of, you know, action and, you know, gory, gruesome kills and then, you know, people fighting back and got the Lloyd Strode of it all and um, having, you know, Danny McBride and, and, and teams on the... Uh, on the script, I was just expecting it to kind of continue that same path and trajectory. Um, with saying that, it this movie kind of goes, you know, sidesteps everything that you would normally think that Halloween, um, you know, a Halloween movie would be. And then just in continuing on with, you know, the way that these movies tonally have gone from 2018 to 20, the Halloween kills to uh, Halloween ends, instead of the movie feeling like it progressively continues in the same story, it almost feels like it's opening a different book of this world because the worlds of the actual, uh, of the, of this franchise, if you told me this was happening in different worlds, I would believe it. Tonally, it almost feels completely different in each one. Um, now, Sometimes I feel like that can be a good thing, and then sometimes I feel like that can be a bad thing. Um, I think of this kind of more like genre changing. It's not it's not completely genre bending where you're you know going from like a you know Friday the Thirteenth where it's horror, then they all of a sudden do Jason X where they're in space and they're doing sci-fi horror. It's not that kind of um, change, but I'm trying to preface this by saying that they are going for a way different message with these last two films, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, um, than they really were with the first movie. The first movie was, you know, bring everybody to go see the scary Michael Myers film. You got Laurie Strode coming back. Uh, you got Jamie Lee, Lurtis, Lurtis. Jamie Lee Curtis coming back. You got all your favorites coming back. Um, it's going to be a blast, and it was a blast. So... You know, going from that movie to this movie, I'm got my expectations set to a certain degree, thinking, okay. So going into this, it was um, kind of right off the bat. I want to say like 10, 15 minutes in, I was like, oof. And I, I had heard word through the grapevine that this was not a great movie. Now, I didn't know why. Um, and it's not, I don't go in thinking that, all right, this is going to be a bad movie. Let's see how bad it is. I'm going in with an open mind thinking, you know, what, you know, what are the positive aspects of this film? And going into it, it, it felt cheap. 
This movie is sitting at a $20 million budget, which is pretty dang cheap, but in comparison to the box office of the first one. So, the okay, so in comparison, Halloween 2018 was a 10 to $15 million budget, which is a fucking deal. I mean, it's crazy how much this franchise has made just with these last three. So the budget on that was 10 to $15 million, and they brought in a box office of $255 million on that first Halloween 2018. So you bet your bottom dollar's ass that you are going to see another one. Thus brings us to Halloween Kills. And Halloween Kills, is, like I said, is sitting at a $20 million budget and brings in half as much. So I guess people weren't as quite as uh, excited about it. Um, let me see what, what the deal was with this. Uh, okay, so I see what the deal was. Um, following, um, here, let me, let me back up to a little bit of how this was uh, produced and made. So Jason Blum served as a producer on the film through his uh, Blumhouse Productions banner alongside Malik Akkad and Bill Blaylock. Before the release of the film, McBride confirmed that he and Green were originally intended to pitch the two films that would be shot back-to-back and then decided against it, uh, waiting to see the reaction of of the first film. Following the critical and commercial success of the film, development of the sequel promptly began as as early as October 2018. By February 2019, Teams was hired to co-write the script. The film's title was officially announced in July 2019 alongside its sequel. Principal photography began in September 2019 in Wilmington, North Carolina. I actually went there for my first year of uh, college. So, yeah, that uh, principal photography concluded in uh, 2019, November. Following a delay due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Halloween Kills had its world premiere at the 78th Venice International Film Festival on September 8th, um, 2021, and was theatrically released in the United States on October 15th, 2021 by Universal Pictures. It was also uh, streamed simultaneously uh, tiers on paid tiers of Peacock uh, streaming service for 60 days. So that's probably what caught into the box office. I mean, the, fir- the first one made 255. The, s- the second one has made 131. Um, so I don't know what that means, how much they made from the Peacock um, views as well. So the film was a box office success. Uh, grossing 131 million against a, a production budget of 20 million, but received mixed reviews from critics who criticized its screenplay and lack of innovation. A sequel to Halloween Ends, sorry, a sequel, Halloween Ends, was released on October 14th, 2022. So let's get into the plot of. Uh, Halloween Kills, I'll really kind of run down the things that I really did and really didn't feel. Overall, I I gave this movie a 5 out of 10, mostly because I was pretty underwhelmed by the the premise that they are serving. I think this kind of goes for both movies of Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, that the marketing is very deceptive in the way that it's not really 
telling you exactly what you're going to see. And I think there's a difference in marketing that is not telling you things that are later later going to be revealed in a movie or a film or a TV show versus telling us this is the showdown of all showdowns. It's about to go down. You don't even understand how big of a showdown is going to go. It's going to go so hard of a showdown. You know, like like hyping really only one subsection of the movie up, but there's so much more that it's not really telling you. So, um, yeah, overall, I just feel like the marketing on it is is kind of deceptive. I didn't even really watch the marketing, but... Um, I went back and did I did watch it and I was like I could see how this is just it's it's not really working. So um yeah, it's a 5 out of 10 mostly because it didn't quite piss me off but you did kind of bait and switch me a little bit and I'm not too happy about that. Um and you know just having a couple gory kills does not make up for the you know lack of story in my opinion. So um yeah, Let's hop into the plot for Halloween Kills. And again, if you were dropping off here, um, you know, we're about to go into the spoiler section. Go watch the movie. Come back. Listen to the spoiler section with us. You'll understand why exactly we're feeling this way. Coffee time. Mm. That was a nice sip. Okay, um, let me see. On October 31st, 1978, Deputy Frank Hawkins accidentally shoots his partner in the head while trying to save him from Michael Myers. He also prevents Dr. Samuel Loomis from executing Michael. Uh, this was when I immediately noticed it just felt like the film grain or whatever they decided to do, the digital um, you know, luminations or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, LUTs, uh, filters on the f- screen, it made it look cheap in my opinion. I wasn't watching it on a super big screen, but it was a 4K, so maybe it's just the way that the television set up, but I just felt like this was looks like a very, um, you know, twenty. it looked like $20 million, I guess, maybe even cheaper than that, honestly, but just something about this, this flashback. So... Uh, 40 years later, on October 31st, 2018, after being stabbed and left to die by uh, Dr. Ranbin Satarin, um, Hawkins is found by Cameron Elm, who calls an ambulance. Hawkins regrets not allowing Michael's execution and vows to kill him. So, a couple of uh, aspects about this is we're dropped almost immediately back into what happens to this uh, the end of 2018. The problem is, for me, we're kind of being shifty-eyed from going to several different perspectives, and almost none of the perspectives are really that interesting or even that compelling, with the exception of, obviously, the scary Michael Myers scenes. But it just feels like almost like a random amalgamation. This movie, honestly, just feels like... A random amalgamation of somewhat interesting kills, I guess. But most of the time, the people aren't making a lot of sense. They're just kind of, um, it feels like running in place or just screaming in a corner. And it's really easy for Michael to get him. Everyone knows Michael Myers doesn't run. So he's always kind of just looming there. But overall, the I thought the way that this movie opens up is that, you know, 
this is going to be Frank Hawkins' perspective, and we are going to follow him throughout the movie of him trying to track Michael Myers down while Laurie Strode is stuck in the hospital getting shot. Um, and the other perspective I, you know, I thought we were going to follow as well was the Tommy figure. Tommy is the um, is played by uh, Anthony Michael Hall, and essentially Tommy is the young boy that is saved by Lori in the original 1977 um, Halloween. And so I think that that was cool how they were trying to bring that, wrap that, you know, wrap that back. Um, sorry, 1978 film. Um, but the way that they do it is they kind of butchered Tommy's character. The Anthony Michael Hall character um, is turned up to 11. And when I mean turned up to 11, he is just looking wide-eyed and bug-eyed the whole fucking time. Like, looking like he has done about six lines right before he got on the camera. And he is just bugging. He looks like he did all the, all the uh, Adderall, all of the stimulants he could absolutely find. He is like shaking Lori and shit at, at at some points while she's in the fucking hospital, and it is just like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, so this movie is. It feels like there's a layer of, or one of the writers in there was like, all right, let's bring everyone back from the first movie. Let's have you know some of the other babysitters, teachers, um, you know, police officers that were in it. You know, let's bring back all of the original OG, a lot of the OG cast type uh, characters, and you know that would I think in theory works pretty well, but most of them look like buffoons over half the time. You know, getting stuck in the car, can't get out of the fucking car. Da da da. Has the gun. Just like several times, the these people are just making these asinine decisions. So, um, yeah. So Hawkins is found by Cameron Elm, who this Cameron Elm character I can't remember what the actor's name is, but he's from uh. What's it called? Uh, you, I believe. And uh, he played the neighbor on that. So he's he's a fine actor. I just don't really find that character that interesting. Also, emotionally, watching this, it feels like it's been a very long time since we've actually seen these characters, yet it's uh, for them it's been like less than a few hours. So... It is a little bit uh, jarring watching this. So let me see what else we got. Uh, meanwhile, Tommy Doyle celebrates the 40th anniversary of Michael's imprisonment along with the fellow survivors of Marion Chambers. Fellow survivors, Marion Chambers, Lindsay Wallace, Cameron Father, Lonnie Elm, having each survived an encounter with Michael in 1978. Fi firefighters responding to, to Lori Strode's burning house encounter michael and i gotta say this is probably the coolest part of the movie obviously having uh, you know being able to be a writer behind one of the most infamous uh you know fictional serial killers michael myers has got to be one of the coolest things so you can just think of all random ways that he would kill people you know i think the stabbing is a little boring at this point and over overplayed so this was so uh, it was crazy. He just like he just chopping up all these dang 
uh, firefighters. He had the dang chainsaw. I'm like, Bang! like, I was like, bro, are you seriously going to take on Michael Myers and expect to live with a chainsaw? I was like, dude, get your ass, get your ass out here. Yeah. I was just so done with that. So, um, yeah, basically, <laughs> uh, I just, uh, you know, when you start rooting for the serial killers in the movies, it kind of gets like a different level of like, uh, or I think it's different when it's like, you know, the Michael Myers serial killers versus like, you know, the, the real life serial killers. You don't want to really root for those. But, you know, when when you have the supernatural of serial, serial killers, it's kind of just funny because they just basically have supernatural powers at that point. But, you know, Michael Myers is just a fucking big ass motherfucker. And so, yeah, they're... um. You know, like the marketing says, it's, you know, it's, it's Lorian, Lorian Michael and it's going down. Halloween dies. Evil dies tonight. You know, it's like, I was, it's like, can y'all just relax? Like every, every time that, uh, the, the community comes on, on the screen and they find out Michael has been killing and they, uh, you know, Michael Myers is out and they, it's like, why are I thought it was funny that they're celebrating Michael's imprisonment. And they're like, wait, what? He's out? You know, it's like that. And then you got that one lady in the back. She's like, evil dies tonight. I was like, God, this is like, that's not even like a catchy saying or phrase or anything. Like, it's like, it's so ambiguous, I guess. Like, I don't know. I And they obviously evil is supposed to be. Michael Myers is supposed to be pure evil. We're only reminded of it almost every movie. Oh, my God. So, anyways, let's just continue on. Um, Lori, her daughter, Karen, and her granddaughter, Allison, are taken to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital where Lori undergoes emergency surgery. Michael attacks Lori's neighbors, first killing the husband by stabbing him to death and then impaling the wife's throat with a fluorescent light tube, then then starts walking back to the Haddonfield. And that's where you're like, all right, I guess they're, you know, I remember they show this couple, and this couple's playing with, like, an indoor drone. The most bizarre thing that I think I've seen in a while where I was like, okay, the drone's going to see something. He's The drone is going to go into, you know, uh, a room. I know it, it sort of does, but it doesn't really do anything that uh, – uh, something else couldn't do. It was just weird that they were using a drone and then they come in, drone destroyed, cracks. It's like, okay, I guess the drone's not going to get, you know, it's stepped on, so it's not really relevant. I thought they were going to get, like, you know, evidence from it. Like, police completely incompetent during this. At one point, the police officer, just the the, the sheriff in the town, just sits down. He just, just looks defeated. He's just like, ah. Like, and just while the town is just going awry and crazy. Dudes, it's like they had no chance. So anyways, um, you know, continuing on. Uh, and also, we see the gruesomeness of some of the kills that aren't just like, you know, the, when Michael is killing the firefighters in, in the house and stuff like that, it's a little bit over the top and it's not quite as quote unquote, uh, you can't connect with that as much. But when you, um, you know, see like a couple that obviously has decent rapport you know, you relate to that a little bit more because they're in their own house and they're not really doing anything wrong. So, you know, when he comes in, it's like uh, it's a little bit more sad. Um, and then he's like being extra cruel, grabbing all these knives, like shoot. And he's like shoot, shoot. It's like all right, this is a little bit much. And she's having to sit there watch it. I was like, dang. And you'd think that most of these kills he's doing are actually killing them the first time, but a lot of times they're just really hurting them. Um, 
to the point where they can't fight back or something like that. So she's just having to sit there like impaled by a damn uh, fluorescent light bulb and just, you know, watch her husband get stabbed. So it's like really fucking intense. So anyways, um, yeah, Tommy, Mary, and Lindsay, Lonnie learned. (laughs) That's a lot of people. Tommy, Mary, and Lindsay, Lonnie learned the Michael killing spree through a wireless emergency alert. Uh, Bar patron. Vanessa supposedly encounters Michael in her car, but the driver crashes and and escapes unnoticed, which is a bizarre subplot of just like the 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 community like crowning, you know, like a witch's witch hunt on this one guy who they think might be Michael. And then, you know, you know, I'm just going to kind of spoil it, but um, we'll talk about it as it continues on. But anyways, it kind of really goes nowhere and it's not really talked about after. It's like, wow, maybe we shouldn't have done that. You know, driven this guy literally fucking mad. Anyways, um, Tommy forms a mob of vengeful Haddonfield residents to hunt and kill Michael. Evil dies tonight. Remember, uh, what's it? Uh, Karen is informed that Michael is still alive and withholds that information from Lori to allow her to recover or to just make the plot even more boring. Um, Allison recoils with Cameron, her ex-boyfriend, and uh, she joins Tommy's Tommy's mob to avenge her own father's death. Um, yeah, and we got to remember that the father has just died like less than 12 hours ago, which is, um, you know, w- which is kind of interesting because Lori doesn't really acknowledge that as much. I guess she thinks for over half the movie, she thinks Michael is dead, so... Having our one of our main characters just kind of out of the loop was just fundamentally not that interesting for me, especially when you market the entire movie of evil dies tonight, Lori versus Michael, and Lori is in the hospital for an hour of the movie at least. Um, you know, having a little date with uh, Hawkins over here, Lori and Hawkins both awaken in the same room, and which when did they? When have they ever shared rooms in hospitals? I, I, I've tried to think of how many times people actually share rooms in hospitals. I, it's very rare when there's not like, you know, big emergencies going on that this would even happen. And I don't think there was a big emergency at this point. So anyways, they awaken in the same room and reminisce about, the, uh, and people start coming in, um, like hurt and stuff like that. And everyone just assumes that it's Michael hurting them. I guess, I don't know. It's like, no one's communicating with anybody, with anybody. So they, uh, Lori and Hawkins, both uh, awake in the same room and reminisce about their former relationship. While uh, warning in the Haddonfield community to stay in their houses, Mary and Vanessa and her husband Marcus are killed. Um, They are like in the car and Michael comes up, bang, takes a gun. She tries to shoot the gun. Gun's not working. Bing! Hit him in the back. And then, and then, stab, little stab, little stab. And then it's just like a big fight. Everyone's going all over the place. Michael, like, single handedly, basically, you know, she has the gun, one of those, and kicks the gun, punches, uh, sorry, the, uh, the hammer goes off, blows her head off, or something like that. I don't know. It, it was the most, uh, asinine thing I've seen. And he basically just runs a rampage through all of the cast of 1978's, uh, you know, people. And he's just like choking them in the car and shit like that. It, it, it's, it's asinine. It, it goes everywhere. Um, so, 
Lindsay escapes and is found alive by uh, Tommy, Lonnie, Allison, and Cameron. The group map out Michael's path and his victims' locations and deduce that he is headed towards his childhood home. Again, where the fuck are the police? Tommy takes Lindsay to the hospital and reunites with that former Haddonfield sheriff, Lee Brackett, um, whose daughter Annie was killed in 1978 and informs Lori... Uh, about Michael's survival. Um, across town, Michael murders the current home, current owners of his home as Lori prepares to leave the hospital. Like I said, this is almost the last little bit of the movie, and she hasn't even left the hospital yet. She's barely like gotten out of, the, gotten out of bed this entire movie. It's just incredibly disappointing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, and when Michael kills these two guys, these two guys are, you know, actually pretty likable. It seems like two gay men that are residing in Michael Myers home. And one of them looks like he is on some shit and he is boogieing down, you know, he's got his PJs on, he's got like his, his, uh, his robe on, you know, and the, the tight undies or whatever, and he's dancing around and, as soon as they figure out that someone's possibly in their house and, you know, it is like Halloween night, given that, um, that, uh, like their first instinct is to, you know, grab like a charcuterie knife and, uh, take them on. And of course that ends absolutely horribly. This dude gets gripped by Michael Myers and he's like, and Fucking Michael Myers is like busting the back of his head, pushing his eyes out. I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "That was a that was a pretty intense uh, kill." And I'll be honest, it was a little bit excessive, and uh, I'm not sure if it's unnecessary or just a just a lot to handle. But either way, I was like, "Damn!" And so the other guy just sits there. It was like, "Michael, you're home," and he's like, "No." It's like, what the fuck? It's just like, all right, instead of people running and actually acting like humans, they just kind of, you know, whittle down. There they go. Goodbye. <laughs> I was like, okay. So um, let me see where else we're at. Uh, okay, so Lance uh, Tavoli, a fugitive convict of Smith's, Grove Psychiatric Hospital and the driver of Vanessa's car who escaped alongside Michael when their bus is crashed arrives and is mistaken for Michael. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. It's like this I, this subplot was ridiculous. Tommy's mob pursue him through the hospital. Fucking angry mob style. Evil dies tonight and what is it? Lori's daughter is trying to save this man the whole time like i'm gonna save you like one we don't even give a fuck about this guy two the mob is acting insane and ridiculous and everybody would be arrested three um it's all ridiculous you know <laughs> um so yeah despite uh karen realizes that it's not michael and tries to help him despite her attempts to claim the mob uh to calm the mob, to help Lance, he jumps out of the window to his death. Lori urges Karen to work with Tommy and Braggett to hunt down Michael elsewhere. 
Um, and that plot is just completely swept under the rug. And everyone was like, Tommy goes to the sheriff. He's like, well, that could have gone better. <laughs> it's, it's like, you son of a bitch. You were the one that did it, Tommy. Damn it. Like, if I was Lonnie, I would literally spaz on that guy. I was like, where was the thinking in this? So, elsewhere, Lonnie enters uh, Michael's former home and is killed. Um, Lonnie enters Michael's former home and is killed. Allison and um, Cameron rush inside and find his corpse being attacked by Michael, who murders Cameron. As Michael prepares to kill Allison... um, Oh, and Cameron gets a pretty brutal death. I mean, he's just like, he shoved through some, like, stairs, and he's like, bam, bam, bam. And he's just, like, like breaking his collarbone, and his head's like, psh, psh. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> and then later when his body is just there, he's just, like, sitting there in the stairs, like, his head's just like, it's like, dang, fucked his shit up. And, uh... Yeah, when Lonnie enters the home, we don't even see the death. The dude is turned into a goddamn pretzel and stuffed in the dang, uh, I don't know, lighting rafters or whatever the hell, um, chandelier rafter, whatever. Um, So as Michael prepares to kill Allison, Karen appears and stabs him in the back with a pitchfork, steals his mask, and taunts him to follow her, which... I don't know why no one ever just goes to the kill shot. They always just got to stab him so many times. I mean, what Lori stabbed him in the eye, I believe, in, in the first one. It's like, and the dude's continuously going back. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Michael faintly says, give it back, apparently. I didn't realize that. She leads Michael into Tommy's mob, who swarm and attack and seemingly kill him. They literally all beat the shit out of him with, like, baseball bats. You got grandmas out there with pitchforks. People are stabbing him. People are kicking him. They're doing everything they can, stomping him. And then when the mob disperses and everyone thinks everything's okay, Michael recovers. And massacres the remaining members of the mob. Literally goes through every single person of what they had. You know, someone hit him with a bat. He grabs the bat. Boom! Head explodes. Someone stabbed him with a pitchfork. He grabs the pitchfork. Shing! Straight up the ass. (laughs) It just goes through each and every single way he kills one of these people. a community members and it's like oh my gosh he just goes absolutely ham and, and it's shot like an action scene it's not shot like a scary movie horror film um and it feels like we're supposed to sort of be on the side or something like that I'm not really sure so um yeah michael recovers massacres the remaining members of the of the mob including tommy and bracket so the guy that we were following tommy done just like that anthony michael holmes done um, back at Camp Michael's home, Karen goes upstairs to investigate while Allison revives, sorry, receives medical attention. Um, Michael appears and stabs Karen to death in Judith Myers' old bedroom as uh, Lori stares out of her hospital room. And that, my friends, is Halloween kills 2021 again 
That's not what you were telling me in the marketing, even though I did see the marketing. But even if I wasn't watching the marketing, which I wasn't, this movie was not what I was expecting at all for this series. So I'm the best way I can kind of back-to-back to, like, categorize these is, like, it feels like a sell, uh, uh, a season of television with um, you know the first ep- you know first like two episodes being the first movie and they start out great. Second uh, second movie Halloween Kills would be like another two episodes, and they're just like the okay in the middle. And so the third one I'm getting ready to discuss Halloween ends. We're gonna kind of drop these one after another, day after day, kind of during this Halloween time for everybody, but. Um, but the third one, we'll discuss how the Halloween ends would be like the last two movies of uh, this, you know, franchise. And honestly, each one is very tonally different. Um, Twenty eighteen still reigns to be my favorite between these two. I'll discuss in Halloween ends if it can top out one of the other one of these two. Um, but yeah, this movie is. Um, Five out of ten for me, mostly because it's just a lack of the two characters I want the most on the screen. And we really don't get much of that, um, if at all, until like the very last few minutes of the movie. Um, I think it's shot pretty well. Some of my favorite things about the movie, obviously, would be the uh, the score. I think the, um, the music obviously still slaps. Cinematography was fine, nothing crazy. Um, editing, uh, nothing I can really report back on. Um, but John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies were on the music. And obviously, I think those are the same individuals on, yeah, same individuals on Halloween 2018. And then I think those will be the same individuals on, yeah, the music is same, guys, for the last movie as well. As a matter of fact, I think all of these movies basically have the same um, uh, behind-the-scenes individuals on it from David Gordon Green to the cinematography of Michael Simmons. I think Michael Simmons did the first one as well. Let me check. Yep, he did. So the only thing that really changes between these three movies between, um, you know, uh, between the films is uh, Paul Brad Logan seems to join us at Halloween Ends, um, which we do not have on the first two movies, which is kind of interesting to kind of see how where that where that that voice takes us as well. Um but yeah, so Halloween Kills. It's certainly a movie I would only want to watch, you know, drinking with friends. Honestly, I otherwise I would not want to watch it. It's kind it's not really an enjoyable bad movie to watch, although, you know, at the end of the movie I was still kind of like I might need to leave a light on down in the hall just in case Michael Myers shows up. So it did give me, you know, a little bit of the heebie-jeebies, but nothing too crazy. The um the kills they're they're pretty good. I can't really remember too much off the top of my head that was really just like wow, that was crazy. I think the you know the eye the eye one where the dude's eyes are coming out of his head and shit like that. That was pretty insane. Um, but you know nothing too crazy to report on, and mostly because you know this is you know it's you know it's a fine C C plus movie if you really want to categorize it. It's not even B plus, but C plus. But the thing is. Halloween 2018 was so good, which makes this one feel that much more of a letdown. It's like you hit 
so far out of the park. It was hilarious. The action was good. I cared about the characters. All the tension was there. Halloween 2018 could have served as the film for the whole franchise. And throwing Halloween kills in there almost just... It, it takes it in a direction that I don't think is quite as interesting. And if you're going to you know, start talking about the community, how evil spreads through the community and stuff like that, how Michael brings evil to the community, um, then, you know, kind of follow through with it. You know, they kind of just go to the nth degree of the community killed this one guy and it's the community's fault. And now we are done with that plot. You know, it's like there's no really follow through after they kind of show the crazy community. You, what, what followed through was Michael comes and kills everybody. So, you know, to each their own on how they um, kind of uh, navigate the thematic structure of this. I just don't feel like this movie really, it, it really did it. And we'll talk about in Halloween Ends how that's more, uh, might be more of a, a micro scale of, you know, how evil spreads and stuff like that. So, like I said, five out of ten. It's definitely not on my top ten of the year, but it's Halloween time. You're supposed to watch a little bit of schlock. Um, you know, I if you're wondering whether or not to watch it, you know, if you just listen to this and not, you know, want to put the time into it, you know, I I honestly think there's some other things to watch. Um, put this on in the background with, you know, a party going on or something like that. I don't think it's something that needs your full undivided attention. So uh, especially because of the way that it kind of feels like it it, it, it changes the characters um, motivations how they act the the tonal themes uh, in a way that doesn't feel like a wholeheartedly organic that it kind of lost me emotionally this movie has lost me uh, th this movie lost me f uh, for this franchise because I actually did care about the Laurie character in the first 2018 movie you know I wanted to see it through but the way that this one was treated just didn't feel like it was you know I don't know it wasn't my uh my cup of tea but there's tons of easter eggs in this movie a lot of you know hardcore Halloween fans are going to see a ton of uh, easter eggs in this movie and in Halloween ends um again I'm not the biggest uh Halloween um uh, aficionado uh, lore hound or anything like that so I just watched it from you know pure spectacle but um you know it's there it's there uh, I watched it on Peacock by the way so probably should be there at least in the states all right everyone so uh let me know what you thought about the Halloween kills review let me know what you thought about the Halloween um let me see the Halloween review the movie what other people are saying let me see what this is uh, critical response on the review aggregator of Rotten Tomatoes, 38% of 268 critics reviewed it positive with an average rating of 5 out of 10. The site consensus reading reads, Halloween kills should satisfy fans in search of brute slasher thrills, but in terms of advancing franchise, it's a bit less than the sum of its uh, bloody parts. The media critic, uh, sorry, on media critic, the Film has a weighted average of 42 out of 100 based on 45 critics, indicating mixed or average reviews. Audience's poll cinema score gave the film an average grade of a B minus or on a A plus to F score lower than B plus earned by its 2018 predecessor, while those post track gave it a 69% positive score, with 52% saying they would definitely recommend it. 
Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, certainly a movie. Well, go check out the Halloween ends review to see if this franchise, um, if this franchise wraps up in a satisfying manner. Again, I've already watched it, so we are going to be dropping the podcast basically one or two days right after this one. So um, it'll be in the feed. Be sure to um, like, comment, subscribe, do all the things to help support the podcast. Let me know that you like what we are bringing the podcast to. Um, Let me know how to improve. And uh, again, I want to hear what your uh, review of Halloween Kills is as well. So... Um, thanks for listening, watching, love that podcast. Maybe the only way he can die is if I die too. It all ends now.